Amen. All right, well, as we get started, I want to just uh, celebrate one thing that's been going on lately that is one of those crazy things. Uh, and one year ago this month, we did a teaching ser- series called Doing Things That Matter, of course, to go along with the book Doing Things That Matter that I wrote a few years ago. And, uh, and we created something on version, a little devotional, um, that we really created for our church. And we thought if some other people read it, that's awesome. Well, I just was made aware that over 75,000 people have completed that Uversion devotional, which is pretty amazing. And um, not, it's not a brag in any way. I, I really do thank God for that, because it was one thing we were like, we didn't even think about God using this outside of our church. And uh, it's been really, really good, something we never thought would happen. I wish I would have sold 75,000 books, though. But <laughs> Anyway, enough about that. Um, well, on Thursday morning, about 5 a.m., Grayson came into our room, and Grayson's our five-year-old, and he comes into our room, and he uh, has, like, this really wheezy-sounding, you know, he's, breath- he's having struggling breathing, and uh, he has this, like, wicked cough, and he's saying, I can't, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And so for the next 30 minutes, we're like, okay, you know, is this, is this what's going on with him kind of thing. And, and it obviously seemed like asthmatic type issues, which we had had, you know, dealt with that with other, one of our other kids, but we had never dealt with it with Grayson. And so um, Christy decides, I just need to take him to the hospital. We don't need to take any risks. Let's just go to the hospital. And so she takes him. I stay home with the other kids. And as they're leaving, I'm praying. I'm praying for Grayson. I was like, Lord, just heal his body, heal his lungs, heal his throat, heal whatever's going on inside of him. And I pray by the time he gets to the doctor, it would be a non-issue. And this is what I'm praying, right? And it's so interesting. As they leave, this sort of crazy thing happens where I'm praying and I start to feel this like heat and pain inside my throat. And I'm going, what's going on? This is strange. And after, after I say amen, it goes away. And then I'm like, all right, he's going to be okay by the time he gets to the doctor. I just feel like that's what's going to happen. And so anyway, I text Christy and I'm like, hey, how's he doing? And she's like, well, we're still waiting on the doctor, but he's, feel, he's starting to feel better. And he's starting, his fear's coming down a little bit because he's really scared, of course. And then anyway, a couple minutes later, this is the picture I get. Um, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and so I said, what happened? And she said, well, when the doctors came in, he was pretty much, he was okay. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, I mean, and, and so for some reason, I, for me, I'm like connecting, of course, okay, we prayed this thing, and then all of a sudden, popsicles, right? And, um, and I, mean, I was just, I was really thankful. I mean, we have a God who's, who's good, and he loves us. And, but I was thinking about that story, and I thought, that's not always the way it goes. Um, sometimes we think, that's great, God loves us, and he does stuff like that, where you pray, and then you just have this confidence that, what we prayed for, God actually heard our prayer, and then he did something about it. And then there's a lot of times, for a lot of us, though, we pray that prayer and nothing happens. We're like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't, it's not as easy as just pray and then all of a sudden popsicles. Sometimes that happens, but a lot of times it doesn't, right? Are you with me? Um, I've been thinking a lot about prayer this week for many reasons. One of them is because we're going to be talking about prayer today, so I should have been thinking about it. But more than that, um, I've just been thinking about it from the standpoint that I know that a lot of us, a lot of us have been praying, and we haven't seen that prayer that we've been praying come to pass for whatever reason. And 
for a lot of us, prayer is this deep mystery, isn't it? It's this, it's this strange sort of thing that we wish we knew more about. We wish we really knew how to pray because sometimes it feels like he hears our prayers and, and, and something comes, something happens, and he answers our requests. And other times it feels like our prayers are, are empty, like we're praying upward and like he's either hearing nothing or they're bouncing back down or something is happening uh, between us and the Lord in which this prayer doesn't seem to have much effect. Has, has anybody experienced this or am I just making this up? Are you with me? And then we have a verse like Matthew 7, 7, and it kind of throws us. It's like, ask, and it shall be given to you. Knock, and the door shall be opened. You're like, is that all I got to do? It's just like, God, I, you know, will you do this for me? And then all of a sudden, like, he's some, like, like we just make these wishes, and we wish things into happening. And prayer is this, this, um, this mystery. You know, Chris and I prayed for Grayson, and I connect Grayson feeling better and the healing happening in his body to those prayers that I prayed to God, I do connect it. And I, but I think for all of us, we'd agree that that, sure, that's, that's wonderful. But some of you might be going, that's just coincidence. I'm like, you just got better. <laughs> Happens. It's science. It's biology. Like, just because you prayed about it doesn't mean that God did it. And we believe that partially, yes, but we also... Uh, I want to talk about prayer, not just from an ask and receive sort of posture, but I want to talk about prayer from an idea of seeing breakthrough in your life. I want to talk about prayer in a way that we see prayer as a weapon from God to actually see the inbreaking kingdom of God come into our world. I want to see prayer uh, not just from, you know, the standardized kind of prayers that we pray, right? Um, but more like a prayer of saying, I want to see on earth as it is in heaven. How do we pray that kind of prayer? How do we actually pray to see the things of God come into reality where we can't just push it away as coincidence or science or biology, but it's like there's no explanation other than God? You know, when I talk about prayer, I think a lot of people have this mentality of, uh, of a prayer life. And so maybe you're thinking, well, how's my prayer life doing? And we have this understanding of a prayer life is like, this commitment to pray, like so you wake up in the morning and at some point you have 15 minutes of prayer, maybe on your drive to work you're praying, and so you think, I have an active prayer life because I'm consistent and praying daily, therefore that's my prayer life. And I don't wanna talk about, you know, that's very good, and, but I wanna talk about more than just prayer life. I wanna talk about more than the, the standardized prayers of praying before we have meals. You know, thank you God for this food, for this double cheeseburger and fries, would you bless it to my body? <laughs> he can do a lot, but come on. Or maybe the bedtime prayers that we pray. <laughs> One of my favorite prayers was when Karis was four. I think she was about four. She's in bed, and I'm about to pray with her. I said, what can I pray for you about? And she goes, will you pray for my bed sheets? Um, they're kind of scratchy. <laughs> I was like, noted. <laughs> Let's go to Target. Um, <clears throat> we, know the, we all know the nursery rhyme prayer, right? Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, bless me, Lord, my soul to take. So this five-year-old's praying, if I die before I wake. Now, Johnny, here's the deal. You might not make it through the night. <laughs> I mean, come on. So praying before meals, praying at bedtime, praying in the car, I would in no way discourage any of those things. That should be a part of your life. I, I love it, but I want to talk about prayer beyond that. Is that all right? 
I want to talk about praying for breakthrough. Prayer is a universal and enduring reality, meaning through all human experience, prayer exists. And you're like, really mean? Think about it. Prayer is everywhere, whether it be Muslims praying three times a day, Buddhist and meditative prayer, politicians gathering for prayer breakfast so we can say that we are people of prayer, <laughs> or praying at bedtime. Prayer is everywhere. People pray on both sides of war, don't they, for victory? Historically, people have prayed for crops, pray, prayed for fertility, prayed for rain. We just can't get rid of prayer. For some reason inside the human, even if something really great happens, something transcendent happens, something worthy of being excited happens in our life, what do people do? They start thanking usually something outside of themselves. And they're like, even if they don't know God, they're like, thank you, God, thank you, whoever, thank you, universe, right? They're trying to say thank you to somewhere besides themselves. Everyone has this instinct inside of us that we have to give credit. We have to pray to something. We have to do something. It's, it's like embedded in us. In a Gallup poll in America, more people will pray this week than will exercise, drive a car, or go to work. Nine out of 10 people pray regularly. Three out of four people pray, claim that they pray every day. And yet, if we're honest about prayer, it's a mystery. Are you with me? We don't quite understand it. How does it work? What's the right way to pray? Because prayer has created all sorts of things in this world, like a pretty big ripple effect. There's been great conflict to prayer, hasn't there? Because essentially, what is every religious war? Who are you praying to? Right? Who are you praying to? It's a great question. All sorts of great questions come from prayer. How does it work? Why does it work? Does it work? And great miracles have been attributed to prayer. Great comfort, great peace, great movements of people and great movements of the church have begun with prayer. Prayer has been the center of every great revival in history. You know, John Wesley, who was the leader of a great move of God there in the 1700s in England, he would often lead overnight prayer meetings. In fact, in one of his journals, he wrote this. He wrote, it's not on the screen, but I'll just read what he said. He said, about three in the morning, so they're praying at three in the morning, we were continuing in prayer and the power of God came mightily upon us in, such, in, in that so many cried out for exceeding joy and many fell to the ground. So he's just commenting on how they just constantly were in prayer, even overnight. The Great Awakening of the 1700s, which happened here in America. Have you ever heard of the Great Awakening? Yes, nod your head. Yes, yes, no. If you don't, if you haven't heard of it, there was a Great Awakening in the 1700s. Now you've heard of it. And it was one of the great revivals in the history of the world. Tons of people coming to know Jesus, the power of God breaking loose. And Jonathan Edwards, another guy that some of you have heard of, who was a key leader during the awakening, he actually called the American people to a seven-year period and season of prayer. Seven years. And people were doing it. In the early 1900s, there were amazing revivals that were breaking out. God's presence was so thick that people were literally gathering in prayer and worship all the time, like every day. Can you imagine? <laughs> kind of in the Bible. They were gathering every day. They couldn't get enough. Businesses and industry changed their purpose for the, for the, so they could operate in the rhythm of revival. Factories were closing early so people could go to the revival that night, to go to prayer meetings that night. The Great Welsh Revival is one of them. And then there's another one called Azusa Street Revival that happened in Los Angeles. They literally had all-night prayer meetings and a little thing called 24-7 prayer rooms. 
the 24-7 prayer room we have, I just learned this, by the way. This, is, this gives me chills. I, did, I already just had it. It just happened. Literally, it's happening. <laughs> the 24-7 prayer room we have is a direct line of inspiration and movement from the prayer rooms that were gathering 120 years ago in Wales. And you're like, how so? The people that we were inspired by were inspired by the people that were doing them in Wales. Which blows my mind to think about the wind of revival still blowing and making its way here to us, beckoning us to draw close, to step into more of what the Spirit of God wants for us, which, by the way, is always more. There's a quote from Pete Gregg, who really is the guy who reinvigorated some of this 24-7 prayer, and he said this, Few generations have come closer to fulfilling the Great Commission than the one born in the great prayer movements of the late 19th century that went on to witness awakenings from Azusa Street, which is in Los Angeles, to the Welsh Valleys, which was in Wells. Some respected commentators have even suggested that it took nothing less than two world wars to resist the might and the mission of the missionary force born from the global outpouring of persevering prayer at the start of last century. Prayer is a powerful thing. It has impacted our world more than we can ever comprehend, which is why I love the moment in Scripture when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray. Luke 11.1 1 says this. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to them, Lord, teach us to pray. The, the disciples had witnessed something in Jesus, hadn't they? they? They somehow had connected what they had seen Jesus doing in his public life, which was powerful, beyond comprehension, beyond logic. It was supernatural. They had connected what they saw in Jesus' life in his public life, to the secret life that he had in prayer. And they said, we want to know how to do that, Jesus. Will you teach us how to pray? And they, because they're like us, by the way, they struggle with it. It was a mystery to them. They didn't quite get it. In fact, they struggled with it quite a bit. I remember a few months ago, I taught on this passage out of Matthew 26, when they went to the garden to pray with Jesus. Do you remember this passage? It's on the screen, Matthew 26. This is Jesus. He fell to his face to the ground and he prayed, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and he found them what? Sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation, which we'll talk about in a minute. They struggled with prayer. Let me just ask you a really honest question. Can we be vulnerable today? How many of you have ever fallen asleep while praying? Just raise your hand. Not, not me. I'm good. <laughs> you guys are really struggling. Um, the, one, the reason that, pa that passage was significant for us, even in, this, in our prayer room, this idea of praying for one hour, praying out one hour prayer shifts, keep watching pray. We desperately need the Lord to teach us how to pray. Is anybody with me on that? Does anybody desperately need the Lord to teach you how to pray? Yeah. And so I desperately want it. And you ever notice that in the Bible, Jesus doesn't teach him how to preach? He doesn't teach him how to organize a church gathering. He doesn't teach him how to, he doesn't teach him how to throw events or budget, you know, balance a budget. He doesn't teach them some of the things that really ministry seems to be about. Are you with me? He doesn't teach them that. What he does is he teaches them how to pray. Matthew 6 this is when it all comes together. Verse 9. This then is how you should pray. 
It's how Jesus starts, and we all know this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, this is universally known as what? The Lord's Prayer, right? Everybody just over the years has repeated this prayer. Amazing words, so much to say about them. I cannot cover everything that Jesus talks about in this prayer. But today, I said when we came up during worship that I believe breakthrough is coming for some of us. And I really believe that. And if we're going to talk about prayer, I just don't want to talk about prayer life. I want to talk about praying breakthrough. I want to talk about praying breakthrough in your life in a way that you've never experienced it before because honestly, that's what I want. So I'm going to show you a few slides. Uh, that I'll run them up here because there's so many of them and we're about, you know, we got three or four hours today, correct? Yeah, so, yeah, so let's, let's imagine this. Here we are and we are trying to pray to God right? Now, God is above us, and that's the way we say it. So we have this upward sort of motion. We understand that God is in heaven, which is above us, and we're not just praying to God, the big God, B-O-G-O-D, right? We're praying to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? That we believe in a Trinitarian God in which God exists as Father, Son, Jesus, but then also Jesus sent the Spirit to be with us, and so we have the presence of God and the Holy Spirit with us and dwelling us, which is a big deal, which we'll talk about. A lot more about that another day. But this is good. We are praying, and God sits in, in the heavens, and we are praying, and there is this hope that there's nothing in between us and God. There is nothing that exists to hinder our desire or our ability to connect with the Father. But as we talked last week, humans really like to create walls. They like to create divisions. They like to create not only walls between us and other people, racial divisions and socioeconomic divisions and other stuff, but we like to create walls in between us and God. And so I'm just going to drop something in here that this is very real. It's very real where there's these barriers, these restrictions that actually kind of, imagine them floating in the air between us and God. And they just, they create these, these places that which we can't quite have direct access to God. And so there's these barriers that come up, and there's these words that we're about to talk about in a minute, and these words represent some of the things that Jesus talked about in the Lord's Prayer. And you see the words, Father's love, seeking God's will, trust, forgiveness, temptation, and I'll talk about those as we move forward. But what happens is when we start to pray, and they start to go upwards to God, is we find ourselves running into these barriers. Are you with me? And so we're going to be praying and then all of a sudden, God's will, it's like, it's, it feels like it stops and we don't feel like God hears it. And then, or it feels like it bounces back to us. And we're just kind of finding, finding ourselves. But every once in a while, we can still find our way to navigate through this. It's not like we don't have access to God. We actually still have access to God, but it just takes more work. And we're having to navigate. And have you ever felt like prayer is a lot of work? It's probably because you're praying like this. If you're like, oh, desperate, and it just doesn't feel so natural like there's a connection, we're having to find ourselves weaving around a lot of stuff getting in the way between our connection with the Father. Are you with me? So what I want to talk about is I want to talk about what Jesus talked about. They said, Lord, teach us to pray, and he used some very specific language. And he began by saying, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. So this is a significant statement. 
Do you realize that Jesus introducing him, introducing God to the disciples as Father was extremely significant? So Father's mentioned a few times in the Old Testament, especially in the Psalms and a few other places, Isaiah, but widely kind of the, the, the norm and the tradition was you didn't call God Father. You called God Yahweh. You called God a lot of different names, but it wasn't as affectionate, if you will, as Father. You had other ways because he was so holy and so righteous, which he is, the idea of relating to him as a father just was foreign to the disciples. And so he begins a prayer when he says, teach us to pray. And he breaks down something to them that is absolutely paramount. Father. He's our father. And for some of us, we need breakthrough to identify with God as father. That you're a child of God, as we say. His love for you is rich and it's deep. It overflows. Maybe God is a judge to you, or maybe he's a rule giver, and he's always tallying up your sins. I don't know which, how you see him. Maybe you see God as, yeah, he's holy, but you haven't really experienced him as quite as loving as maybe sometimes people try and portray him. And I just really believe a lot of people have this view of God, by the way. Yeah, he's father, but we don't treat him like he's a loving father. We don't relate to him like he's a loving father. And maybe for you, breakthrough is understanding the father's love for you. I don't know if, I always had this picture like of God's love filling every part of your body and, and reminding you of some things, that you are good enough, that you're loved, that you're necessary, some of you need to hear that. And so some of us need breakthrough in prayer, and it, and it kind of looks like this, where we start to really understand that when we relate to him as a father, some of these barriers start to go down. They start to fall, these walls, and breakthrough starts to come. Then he goes on and he says, your kingdom come. He brings up the kingdom and I'm going to go through some of these pretty quickly, but just, he's saying, bring your kingdom to earth. And, and, and here's what I was thinking about is, we say that so flippantly, but how many of us are actually praying for the kingdom of God to come into our life? How many of you guys are praying, kingdom of God, come into my home, kingdom of God, come into my job, kingdom of God, come into my free time, meaning totally invade it, change it, do whatever you want with it. Anybody praying that? I, I, and if you are, awesome. But most of us don't pray that prayer. And this is where Jesus begins. You got to relate to him as father. And then you actually have to say, Kingdom come, like totally do something different. As, he goes on and says, on earth as it is in heaven. But he says, and so Jesus also says something really critical about the kingdom later on. Same thing, same part of the scriptures in the, in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. And all that stuff you're worried about, oh, it's going to take care of itself. Don't worry about all that stuff. Instead, seek first the kingdom. And so I'm wondering if what we're seeking is a barrier, meaning are we seeking the kingdom first, or are we seeking other things first? Are you with me? And so whenever we are seeking the wrong things, whenever we're trying to actually seek something that's more about our kingdom or the kingdom of this world, guess what? There's, there's a barrier, there's a wall that starts to get created that we have to start navigating around, and, and it becomes a lot more difficult whenever you're trying to pray to God, but you're not really seeking him first, you're seeking other things first. And so have you ever prayed something and you're praying God would provide for you? You ever wondered if what you're praying isn't really even what his, what his kingdom's about? 
So some of us need breakthrough because we actually have to start seeking, seeking the kingdom first. So he says, your kingdom come. When we start to see your kingdom come, we start to see breakthrough. He then goes on and he says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> it's interesting that Jesus places the will of God smack dab in the middle of the prayer. Um, God, please, your will be done. I submit to your will. Usually for us, when it comes to our will, the will that we want to see happen in our life, it's usually going to be fulfilling to the flesh, but the will of God always is fulfilling to the Spirit in us. Do you understand that? And if we want to see the Spirit break loose in our life, as we sang, it's going to be submitted to the will of God. Which, by the way, what is the will of God? I gave you the answer last week. <laughs> First Thessalonians 5.16. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Right? And so when I'm thinking about, okay, what's your will, God? I'm not trying to, I'm not challenging you to figure out the decision that you're wrestling with. Is this my will or God's will? I don't know. But I know if you rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, if you submit to that will, <laughs> I think you're, there's going to be breakthrough in prayer. There's going to be breakthrough in prayer in which you're going to start seeing God's connection, this openness to the Lord. It's going to start breaking through. I think the, uh, so you got, to, you got to think of this. He says, so he says this. He says, your name, your kingdom, your will. This is how he starts his prayer. Then he moves to God, give us our daily bread. He didn't start with, his, he didn't start with the needs, does he? But he does get to the needs because he cares about the needs and he cares about your needs. Jesus moves into the second half of the prayer with the focus of asking God for our needs. Will you give? Will you provide? So many of us need breakthrough in this area because what really the wall we're coming up to again is trust. Are we going to trust God to give us what we are asking for? Or do we think we have to trust other things? And so trust is really the thing that we have to ask ourselves. Do we trust the Lord in this? Because sometimes we've been asking for things forever and it feels like he hasn't given to us and we've lost, tr we've lost trust. And do you got to remember that we live in an instant gratification culture in which we pray something and we expect it to happen pretty quickly? We're like, uh, I just prayed that. It should be happening any time now soon. <laughs> like, why is it happening? You've got to remember God, like, for a minute, a minute is like a, I mean, a year is like a minute to God. And we don't wait on the Lord for anything. So we, don't, we quit trusting in him. And we start doing our own thing. But when we trust in him, that he's going to give us what we need, what we ask. Well, breakthrough's coming. By the way, I think the Lord's sent me today in part to encourage those of you in the room that are discouraged and heartbroken, to trust him even when it's hard. The thing he's not done yet, well, just remember, he's not done yet. Are you with me? And he didn't do that thing that was really bad to you, but he knows about it. And he's going to do something with the bad thing and make it good. Breakthrough's coming for some of you in the area of trust and provision. It's time to trust him. Then he says, forgive my sins as I forgive those who sinned against me, right? And we must continually come to the Lord with confession, and some of us get tired of that. We get tired of, but some of us just haven't done it in so long 
that we don't even realize, we don't even know how to come and confess and repent before the Lord. We just don't even know how to do it. We think, oh, didn't I do that when I got saved? Yeah, but we continually come before the Lord and sanctify ourselves through confession of sin. But then on top of that, he says, forgive us as we forgive those who sinned against us. How many of us hold unforgiveness in our heart? And I, I think this is a barrier that gets in between us and the Lord, but forgiveness is this issue we keep coming up against. And he's saying, I want breakthrough to happen in your life in which forgiveness will not be the thing that prevents you from hearing me and breakthrough happening in your life. Jesus says some very pointed things here. And then he finally says, deliver us from the evil one. Some of us in here need to actually be delivered that we need to be delivered from sin. We need to be delivered from the brokenness that's been in our heart for a long time, for the pain that we've been feeling. It's time to be delivered from those things. And you're like, I've never, what do you mean by delivered? It means set free. Are you tired of dealing with the same sin over and over again? Don't you want there to be breakthrough? And you're like, but yeah, yeah, I mean, but I'm praying for it. I get it, I get you've been praying for it. But he wants, to, he wants you to experience breakthrough and temptation, and he will give it to you. Breakthrough can happen. And when we have this kind of reality where we actually take these things that Jesus said, Lord, teach us to pray, and then he prays, you imagine if we actually did it? What it would look like? Direct access. You know, Ashley came to me a little while ago during worship, and she said, you know what, there's this people, I think, that this, this lie that people live with in which, you know, when Jesus, when he gave his life, there was a veil, of course, and if you know much about the temple, there's a veil in between the Holy of Holies and where people are allowed to go. And she's like, you know what? People, people are living with this veil still there, but they need to remember that the veil's been, to been, been torn and we have direct access to the Father. There's nothing that needs to separate us from the Father. And Jesus is giving us that picture inside the prayer, but he's also reminding us that he is Father, Right? So here's what I love. Prayer always precedes breakthrough. It always does. And here's what I love about breakthrough is breakthrough manifests, manifests itself in more of God. And you're like, what does that mean? Well, more of God is just more of everything that is God. Like more healing, more restoration, more gifts of the Spirit, more new life, more salvations. In fact, Everything that is good is more of God because that's all that God has. So whenever you have more access to God, what do you have more of? Everything that is good. Are you with me? Like, if you want more good in your life and you want more of God, well, guess what? Breakthrough's got to happen because if you want more of God, it's going to manifest itself in nothing but the goodness of God being rained down on you. That's what it does. It brings more of God. And things are being removed between us and the Lord. I'm just going to ask a question, and then I'm going to tell a story, and we'll be done. <laughs> this was really a lot to take in. Some of you are like, okay. Um, anyone ever had a story of, of God healing you? Meaning, like, you felt like maybe an internal healing, or maybe you even had a physical healing of pain, or maybe you had pain in your back or in your shoulders or in your foot and it was like someone prayed for you and, the, and you had healing. Anybody, anybody willing to just say, yeah, I've had that happen in my life, just raise your hand. Isn't that awesome? That's good. And that's what I mean by 
more of God. <laughs> that there's going to be more stuff like that. There's going to be breakthrough and healing. You know, we've been praying for a long time for healing and breakthrough in our church. And uh, last week, it was really cool. After the first service, I had a friend come to me and, and he said he'd been having stomach pain um, for a few weeks related to some sickness that he had been enduring. And, and we agreed, hey, let's just go pray. So we went right over here and we prayed. And I just put my hand on him and I said, okay, how are you feeling? Like, what's, what's the pain level? Like one to 10. He goes, I have a, in my stomach, it's probably a five. I was like, okay, that's, that's quite a bit of pain. You're just living with it. He's like, yeah, it's been a few weeks. I just, just want to pray. Um, and so I said, okay, let's pray. We started praying for him. And then when, during the prayer, watching him, just kind of seeing what the Lord's doing. I could see some things happening in his face, and I go, okay, hey, hey, what's going on? Is, are you feeling something going on inside your body? Are you feeling something, the Lord doing something? And he, he said, I just feel like this tremendous peace coming over me right now. It's just kind of flooding my body. I was like, that's awesome. That's the Lord working. He's like, do you understand the Lord is at work in your body? We're just going to pray right now, and we're going to pray this, this pain goes away. So we prayed again, quick prayer. And then we get down and say, amen. And I say, how you feel now? He goes, it just went from a five to a zero. I have no pain. You know, I mean, you're allowed to celebrate. We need to know that that's like a miracle. And so <clears throat> he goes five to zero. And I was like, amen. And we celebrated. We hugged. We were like, this is awesome. Well, I called him later in the week. I said, hey, man, how you feeling? You feel so, I mean, because, you know, part of me is like, okay, this isn't normal. At least it's not normal for us. But here's what I want you to know, that it's actually really normal in the kingdom of God. <laughs> In the kingdom of God, healing is actually normal. It's not weird. It's not out there. This is what heaven on earth looks like, where all the good starts raining down on us. So I call him later in the week. I was like, so how's it, how are you feeling? He's like, I've had no pain. He's like, you kidding me? And he said, but you know what? I came, he said something really that I will never forget. He said, he said I, I came really thinking about the pain and wanting the pain to go away. He said, but the peace that God brought to me, he said, that's been changing me all week. Like, I was asking for something, and he gave me more than I asked for. And I was like, that's exactly what breakthrough is. Whenever we pray and breakthrough happens, which, by the way, that was a breakthrough moment for our church. We've been praying for that, and that was the first one that's happened like that. That's breakthrough. And we feel like it's going to keep happening. And not just healing, but other things that are about the kingdom of God coming to earth. And the spirit breaking loose in this place, breaking down walls. Are you with me? To where we actually see the things we read about in the scriptures as becoming part of our life. That we don't read about this from, man, God is so good. Look what he did 2,000 years ago. But we can tell stories about, look what God did two days ago. Look what God's doing today that we are constantly seeking breakthrough. And when I say prayer, why we even talk about prayer is that prayer is at the center of every breakthrough. Prayer is at the center of every great revival. Prayer is at the center of every great follower of Jesus who says, God, I can't do this. I just can't. And if I want to see the kingdom of God, if I want to see the realities of heaven, it's only going to be by you coming down and just radically transforming my life to where my life, my job, my prayers at bedtime, my drive to work, wherever I'm praying, this is different. It's just different. It's not the same anymore. And that's what he said after we got, and hung up the phone. He goes, now what? <laughs> I go, what do you mean now what? He's like, now what? I can't be the same anymore. 
I just experienced a miracle. I can't be the same. I said, that's right, we can. Quick, quick verse, and then we'll wrap up. Hebrews 5, 7. During the, during the days of Jesus, life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his, because of his reverent submission. You see, Jesus taught us how to pray and, and, and to pray for breakthrough, meaning to pray in your name, the Father, your kingdom come, your will, yes. And then God, of course, you're gonna give us, you're gonna forgive us, you're gonna deliver us, all these things that he said. But I wanna add this final thought from Hebrews in which he says that he prayed with fervent cries and tears. And if you're like me and you want greater breakthrough in your life, I don't want anything in between me and the Lord. And I just, I'm praying like, Lord, would you make us people who would pray with fervent cries and tears in our heart? Would we cry out to you for the breakthrough that you're so longing to give us and you're not gonna deny us? So let's go back to that slide real quick, the one with the barriers, and I wanna ask you a question. I wanna ask you, where is the breakthrough needed in your life? Is it in the area of temptation? Is it in the area of forgiveness? Is it in the area of trusting the Lord? Is it in the area of seeking the wrong thing? Is it in the area of, I've just never really related to God as my father and I need to just let his love just pour into my body? Or is it maybe in this area of the will of you versus God? And we just have to say, you know what? I'm gonna to submit to the simple will of God to rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. I want you to identify where do you need breakthrough. And then I'm gonna challenge you to pray for breakthrough. And we're gonna to start today. And who says God can't do it in the next five minutes? We're gonna have a worship time. Our prayer team will be here, come to them, let's pray. I'll come over there, I'll pray with you. We're gonna pray. You may need healing, you may need breakthrough, you may need one of these things right here. You just come and say, I need breakthrough. I need to trust the Lord. I need breakthrough. I need healing. I need breakthrough. I need to seek him first. Whatever it is, do not sit on it. Act on it.